Hello everyone, welcome back to the Platform Podcast. Um, joined today uh, by a very special guest and actually a teammate of mine, Mr. Cody Clark. How's yes, it going? Sir. Good, brother. Doing real good. That's a story. That's a story. So, I mean, you've you've had a pretty crazy kind of upbringing. That's a, a bit different to most Kiwis, I guess, because we could still call yep. you a Kiwi. So, tell us a little bit about that. You know, your life, your upbringing, and then where you've ended up, and now, I guess, you're back here, 26 years later. Yeah, bro. So, I was born in Wellington. And then I moved about eight years old over to Canada. And I lived in Vancouver Island from the age of eight to like 18. And then I departed from there to the good old Arizona in the US and started playing lacrosse there. Lived in Arizona for like six, seven years-ish. And then I moved back to Canada recently and that enabled me to make the trip down to New Zealand. And here I am. Here you are. Here yeah, you are. bro. No, it's great. great to have you here, honestly. I mean. Uh, New Zealand lacrosse needs a bit of firepower and you've, you've managed to bring that. So um, tell us a little bit about, you know, your college story. So you went to Grand Canyon mm-hmm. University, yep. which I uh, play MCLA. Yep, MCLA. Um, That's the so, one. so yeah, kind of tell us a bit about that because, you know, the most common kind of, I guess, things we get our athletes, mm-hmm. uh, NCAA, NAIA and mm-hmm. junior college. Yep. Kind of tell us about the MCLA and mm-hmm. how, how does all that work? Yeah, so the MCLA is club lacrosse, club university lacrosse, and so there's the MCLA Division Two, MCLA Division One. Uh, I was fortunate enough to play in Division One uh, in Phoenix, Arizona. So when I was in high school, I was kind of trying to figure out what, what my next step was going to be if I was going to go and play in the States. That was, of course, the goal. Everyone was kind of like, oh yeah, NCAA is the way to go. And then uh, I was talking to a coach. And he was kind of like, yeah, like don't don't set your sights on strictly NCAA lacrosse. Like, there's lots of other options out there. And then I went to a tournament in San Diego, the uh, Adrenaline Challenge, uh, and then that opened up my my eyes to some other alternatives. So there's a few different schools in the on the West Coast in Arizona, California, uh, that were interested. And so I got in touch with GCU. And they were kind of like, yeah, this is where we're at. This is Phoenix, Arizona. This is our campus. You come check it out. Uh, explained the club lacrosse situation to me. And I was like, okay, heck yeah. Like, I'll come see what it's all about. And then uh, I found myself in Phoenix, and it's just hot all the time. A little different to what I'm used yeah, to in yeah. Canada. And, uh, oh, it's just, it's just unreal down there. I like the environment. And although it's club lacrosse, the coaches we had really treated it like uh, like a division one, like highest level lacrosse you could possibly be playing. And, uh, and so every day in practice, it was like full on focused, a lot of discipline and uh, high intensity training. Uh, and we did the usual like five practices a week, um, games on the weekend, of course, and then three days a week we were lifting. And so I felt like when I was playing lacrosse that I was, I was at like the top, top tier NCAA division one programs. Right. And it was highly competitive, and everyone was fighting for a spot on the team. Uh, and then the only difference in being club is like you don't get as significant of athletic scholarships and whatnot. Right. But it was enough to make it worthwhile for me. And I found that I really liked the environment. It was, it wasn't, I would say, more relaxed, but it felt like I was kind of on vacation half yeah. the time. And then half the time, I was, of course, yeah. doing my studies and and getting after it on the field. So, so how does you know obviously MCLA Division One? Mm-hmm. How you guys had quite a gun team from, you know, from my research and from what you've told me. You guys yeah. had a, quite a gun team. You guys, you know, won twice, won the national yeah, championship so twice. Tell us a bit about that because obviously, 
you know that's every every athlete's goal right is to yeah. win a championship yeah and you've, you've done that twice kind absolutely of, tell us tell us a little bit about that and you know yeah. how, how that fared for you yeah so it was funny growing up in a small town on vancouver island we never really had the numbers to put together a super competitive team and so i kind of got used to just playing for for the team and doing the best that we can without having super high expectations and so we didn't win a lot of uh, big championships or anything and then i got to gcu and i found myself surrounded by a lot of really good lacrosse players yeah. and really talented yeah. guys a lot of canadian boys actually uh, i think our whole uh man up line was canadians and so uh, that was kind of funny to get in that environment and uh yeah me and the boys we we Seemed to put together a pretty good season. It was my freshman year at university. We had some really good players in Dean Farrell, Carson Barton, some some pretty heavy hitters. And uh, yeah, yeah, we just, it was a real change for me and a kind of a, a shift into a different direction. It's like, oh my goodness, we could actually win this thing. Like this is, we have sure. a solid squad and our coaches were like, that was the number one goal, of course, when you get there. And so we're just out there practicing against one of the best defenses in the league. And throughout the year, you just get better and better and better and you make each other better playing against the best that there is in the league. And so next thing you know, we're in the championship and, and we ended up taking it uh, by one goal against uh, oh, one of our own, uh, Johnny Clayton. Yeah, John Clayton. CU. Shout out John Clayton, another New Zealand lacrosse player. <laughs> yeah, bro. I guess, I guess then, you know, you can almost tie it back into, you know, because for me personally, right, I, I played a season in Division 2 mm -hmm. over in Chestnut Hill. And, yep. and, you know, even for me coming from New Zealand, uh, that was even still a whole another ball game. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a completely different game, completely different style of play, completely different speed. Yeah. Did you even find that from Canada? That because Canadians, you know, are pretty gun at lacrosse. Yeah. You know, they've they're, they they're up there competing with the states every every World Cup. Yeah. So kind of, you know, how how did you even? So you're telling me, you know, you even found disparity between Canada and the and the states yeah so the thing with Canadian players is we grow up playing box lacrosse right so it's indoor a lot more fast-paced and and your stick skills as a result get really good and you're a lot quicker with your hands especially in tight tight areas and so when that translates into field lacrosse it's like you, you got all the if you're athletic which most of us are you you just apply that athleticism and the stick skills that you've gained and, and bring that to field lacrosse and it's a totally different story. And so you'll see some of the best field lacrosse players in the world are, are Canadians, Josh Byrne, for example, yeah, like yeah, yeah. mind blowing the guy, right? Yeah, and yeah. so I think having played box lacrosse from a young age, as soon as I got to Canada and then transitioning into field lacrosse, it helped us a lot going into the States and starting to play in that environment with that sort of, um, it's a different style, if yeah. you will, a little bit. And so, yeah. and then I guess yeah. you could even tie that into now. Now you've come back to New Zealand and and competing for the national team at the World Cup. Mm. How have you found the transition? Almost, you've almost gone backwards, right? Because mm -hmm. it's it's just it's well known, you know, New Zealand. We're not, you know, the top top level lacrosse mm -hmm. players, right? We're developing, we're growing. Yeah. So how how have you found the transition from going from obviously Canada to the states and now yeah. back to New Zealand uh -huh. where the levels just you know that step below? How have you found adjusting to kind of playing with playing with players that you know I guess aren't as aren't as good and you know you have to really you know dart the ball to them to their <laughs> stick otherwise yeah. you know they're not going to catch it. Like how have you found that? Well, it's it's more like like the the athleticism in New Zealand is top tier like and and everyone grinds it's like yeah. that New Zealand culture like yeah. we work real hard yeah. and and it's it's awesome to see and everyone is determined and is fighting for the same goal and 
they've been, although they may not have been playing as long, they develop at a lot faster rate, it seems, from just from my perspective. Yeah. Because of that, like that just athletic mentality of like your traditional Kiwi sportsman. Yeah. And so playing with the boys has been unreal. Like we, we all get along phenomenally for starters, but then in terms of the actual like lacrosse itself, I think having played in the States and Canada for as long as I have, and then coming here, I think there's a lot of just coaching that I'll that I've received that I can now contribute to to this team and and some of the boys out here. So I feel like there's a lot that I might be able to help with in certain areas and simple stuff, right? Like fundamentals sometimes, like positioning and and what to do in certain situations in a game. Hundred percent. And uh, I mean, as far as the stick skills go, like that's something that can always be worked on. It's more a matter of like learning a system and and being able to position yourself accordingly to maximize your opportunities and when they come to be able to take advantage of them. hundred percent, a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll bring it back to college now, you know, mm. like every, you know, cause most of our audience, they're looking to go into the college scene and, yeah. and looking to take kind of that, um, you know, that step into the collegiate system mm-hmm. kind of what, what kind of you know challenges did you face um, personally mm-hmm. when you were over there? Like, did you have any you know coaches telling you you were trash, or you know, <laughs> or did you have yeah. you know any teammates there that you didn't get along with? Like, did mm-hmm. you have any adversity that you had to kind of face uh, at yeah. college? I think the biggest thing that my coach Manny Rapkin at GCU and Chef and Jeff Guy really put on us was um, is like just perfection, like strive for perfection. No one's going to be perfect, but we're all striving for that. And that's the ideal goal that we're all trying to achieve. And, uh, and so it was a lot of mental toughness, I found, is the biggest thing. Like, you can practice fundamentals for days. And sometimes we'd spend a whole practice just doing, like, passing and catching. Yeah. People at the start of practice clearly were a little bit rusty or they just weren't into it. And so the coach was like, all right, we're going to keep doing this until you guys get it. Yeah. <laughs> until yeah. you stop dropping the ball. And, uh, and so, like, it's the fundamentals that are super crucial. And then just mental toughness after that. Once you've been taught everything and given all the tools... It's like, okay, if you're going to show up on game day and be ready to go and be fully locked in and, and perform when you really need to. And that's like the, I think the biggest challenge that everyone has, especially in university when you first get there as a young guy, like trying to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Like every day in practice is a battle for, for playing time, for to get on the field, right? On game day. So, and so uh, yeah. So how, how long, obviously coming in as a young guy, a lot of our Kiwis, we get over there and, you know, we, we think we're going to, you know start get a lot of game time how long was it because obviously you you're even going over from canada which is you know a bit closer from mm. new zealand you know you've you're the sport over there is a bit more developed all that kind mm. of jazz so like how long was it before you actually kind of cemented your role at mm. gcu in the lacrosse team yeah so that's a tough one i I, I was fortunate enough that I, I was um, a good learner and a good listener, and I was real coachable. Coachability. Going in into this new environment. And so the coaches recognized that. And it wasn't just I get on the field and I'm, re- I'm listening at all times. It's like, oh, you're teaching me something new that I haven't maybe done before. I got to be open-minded and make sure that I'm willing to adapt and learn these new strategies and methods for doing things and achieving things on 100%. the field. 100%. And so being a good listener and actually being able to take what the coaches are saying and then translate it onto the field like right away is important It's really crucial and so i think that really helped me a lot being able to do that and it got me on the field uh in my freshman year as one of the top midfielders and so very fortunate but you got to be driven and you got to want it like you can 
if you don't get on the field, you got to be willing to go after hours and do the work and put in some extra extra effort to, to yeah. get onto the field when you, when it comes to like those intense practices where everyone's looking for reps. Yeah. And so you kind of learn real quick in a competitive environment that you got to outwork the other guys around you. And if you can do that successfully, then you're going to get on the field. And it's, it's simple as that. Yeah. How kind of, how important for you going to college, how important was it, were your academics and you know, the social life compared to lacrosse? Obviously lacrosse is what took you there and is what got you there. Yeah. But you know, there's, we like to think, you know, the, the four pillars per se of, of college recruitment, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got your sport, you got your academics, you got your location and then cost, you know, how, how kind of important were those four things and what ones did you kind of value the most? Mm -hmm. So like the academics, especially like you're, you got to remember you're a student athlete, not an athlete student. Mm -hmm. And a lot of guys forget that. And I was never a real academic going into university and high school at all. And then when I got there, I kind of looked at it as if I perform in the classroom and I perform on the field, then I'm going to get to see the field on game day. And that's what everyone, that's what everyone's dream, you know, going yeah. to university to play a sport, any sport is I want to be there on game day and I want to get out there and get reps and, and contribute to this overall success of the team. And so I looked at my schooling as if I don't try my hardest and get this, get my grades up to a certain standard, then I'm not going to see the field because it's equally, if not more important than being an athlete. And so that was one of the things our coaches reamed into us. They're like, man, you got to. You got to perform in the classroom and, and like no matter how good of a lacrosse player you are, you're, you're not going to see the field if you aren't getting the grades. You're not going to make it through all four years of schooling because it's not easy. It's university no. level classes, right? Yeah. And then I guess, you know, so academics was up there for you. How mm-hmm. about location? Like how many schools did you mm-hmm. kind of look at and talk to yeah. before you decided, I want to go to GCU. I want to yeah. live in the sun in Arizona and yeah. be warm 24-7 because yeah. obviously, you know, you would have talked to more than one school, I'm guessing. Yeah, you yeah. Did? So I talked to a few different schools and I went to a couple of different visits. And what it kind of came down to is obviously the cost is a huge factor. And you got to look at what you can afford and then go according to your budget. Simple as that. But when you're considering locations for different places, you got to think, where can I live for the next four years? Where can I be happy and enjoy my life for four years in a row and be away from home? It's, it's like a huge commitment to make. So you want to make sure that you're going to be comfortable and happy in that environment. And so that's why you go and see the coaches, the campus, the, meet some of the team, and, and then consider like the level that you're going to be playing at and the difficulty of the, the schooling you're going to be doing because some schools obviously are a bit harder than others. Uh, and then you, then you commit once you've considered all those variables and put them all in front of you and say, okay, well, this school has this. And, and a good old compare and contrast always helps. Did you... Did you, when you went to college, did you use an agency kind of like platform mm-hmm. or were you, did you do it by yourself or were there coaches helping you uh-huh. kind of, what process did you take coming from Canada, right? Like yeah. we've obviously in New Zealand, we're a lot more limited with kind of our visits and, mm-hmm. and our, and I guess our exposure with college coaches. Yeah. So did you go through kind of a recruitment agency or did you just, how did, how did you approach mm-hmm. the, so I didn't use any kind of agency really. I just worked with my coaches and a lot of it was just on my own. I kind of took the liberty of like making sure this goal or this dream of mine happened. And so you got to be proactive for sure and stay in touch and check your emails and do all the, all the busy work. There's lots of paperwork involved, right? And make sure things are progressing. And so it would have been great to have an agency helping me, especially being from a small town in, in Canada, like I didn't have, I didn't go to a high school that had a high school team and a coach that was in touch with 
other that's, university yeah. coaches. That's funny. I actually, um, I said the exact same thing when mm-hmm. I when I first I was on a podcast when I first started with with platform with Amr, and I said that same thing. And, and the beauty of kind of the agency and and having a an organization organization like platform yeah. is yeah. you know the options you know exactly. you get a lot more options because mm-hmm. you know there's we're throwing coaches at you 24 7 we're yeah. not you're not having to sit there and go out and look for them mm-hmm. so yeah no i guess we can relate in that respect because yeah. i also did it myself and yeah. and you know it's kind of you know it's it's tough but you know mm-hmm. like you said you know it's all about the grind you, yeah. you just you just got to grind and just hustle yeah. and, and and kind of be that pest because mm-hmm. coaches get what hundreds of emails daily Tons. of kids oh, wanting yeah. to come to their school so how do, how, how do you stand out i guess dude you know? uh, honestly i spent hours and hours looking up email addresses for college coaches yeah. and every every college coach i could think of at a school that i might be interested in going to and i sent a mass email a big write out about me and what i'm interested in and a, a highlight video like you got to put one of those together and I just kind of hoped like, okay, hopefully this gets me some looks. And it didn't actually end up getting me yeah. any looks. I ended up getting it from just being at a tournament. But that's another big thing is exposure. And you got to make sure you're putting yourself in the position to get that exposure. I went and joined what was called Vancouver Island Sea Spray. And it was a travel team based on Vancouver Island. And we went down to San Diego. And that's where I got the look to go to GCU. Yeah, we get to go to San Diego again soon. Yeah, with the World Cup. bro. Yeah, there we go. Absolutely. Oh, that's exciting. But um, mm. yeah, no, off topic. But no, um, yeah, hundred percent. Um, going back to kind of the academic side of things, um, a lot of a lot of our athletes are kind of concerned about you know what am I going to study? You know, what mm. major am I going to do? Yeah. What so what kind of major did you study, and are you using that now after yeah. college? That's a good question. So I I did business administration. But going into school, I had no idea. Yeah. And you can't expect a 17 or 18 year old to know what they want to study and what they want the rest of their life to look like, right? And so, uh, yeah. And so what I was, I kind of did is like, well, everyone seems to kind of get into business. Like that's what my fellow teammates were doing. And that's a good resource too. You go to your, go to your, like the guys you're going to be playing with and say, hey, what do you study? What do you recommend? And you can ask like a counselor what each course consists of. And I ended up going with business management and then I switched after my first year to sports management, and then I switched to business administration. And it's okay to switch around so you can, and like you can mix switch. it up. Uh, that's what I found as well. American mm-hmm. colleges they actually make it quite easy to, you know, you can be undecided on your major until yeah. like your third year. Yeah, you know, for like, real. Because uh, well, you got to do prerequisites, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. do your English and your math and your your electives and whatnot. Yeah. So they kind of do that to get you going. And then as you go through those, you kind of figure out what you actually want to pursue. And so I started pursuing business. I, my, my logic was, well, the whole world revolves around money, so like, yeah, I'm just going to yeah. get into business. No, it's, not, it's not bad logic, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah, and so I went with that, and it's funny. People ask me all the time, like, how have you applied your, your uh, degree to what you're doing now? And personally, I've been all over the map. I worked in business insurance, and then I worked uh, helping my old man with his framing company, uh, framing houses, and then... Uh, now I'm, I'm pursuing real estate. And so you kind of jump around until you find yeah, something that fits you. 100%. But what I, the main thing I learned in university, and this I think can benefit anyone in the world, is you find out how to, how to find out information. You learn what works for you, how you learn things, and how you can translate information to a deliverable, to a teacher, which as you get older turns into a, a boss. Yeah, yeah. And so when you can compile information and find it efficiently and then deliver it, that's 
that's like so that's valuable. Uni- <laughs> university, right? Teaches you how to learn. Exactly. Teaches you how to yeah. apply skills to, to everyday life. Absolutely. And so, I'm not like much of a student. Like I said, like I was never really good at it. And when I was a f- my first year in university, I didn't know what I wanted to, like, I didn't know how to learn. I didn't really know because I didn't try that hard in yeah, high school, to yeah, be entirely yeah, honest. Yeah. And uh, what I figured out pretty quickly is what the teachers wanted to see. And once you figure that out, then you figure out how you can get that information to them. Me, I'm a re- repetition person. So like, I just... If I'm learning math or something, I just do it over and over and over and over and over and it takes me hours, but eventually it clicks and then you can deliver. And I wasn't a straight A student, but I I got A's and B's uh, once I figured out what worked for me. And that's the most important thing. Yeah. So now I guess, you know, going back into that um, kind of college, right? Your your first year you get there, Mm. you know, it's unknown. You don't know Mm. anyone. You're from a different country. That's like a lot of our, our athletes are, you know, yeah. they, they, they're coming from New Zealand, uh-huh. you know, completely other side of the world. Yeah. Kind of how did you, how did you adjust to the American lifestyle? Because it is, mm-hmm. even from Canada, it's completely different, um, I yeah. can imagine. Oh, yeah. You know, like how, do, how, do you adjust, how did you find adjusting to that yeah. American, everything's extravagant, everything's crazy lifestyle? Uh-huh. It's, it's a bit of a culture shock at first, and, and that's expected. But what you find is that it kind of makes you unique to your surroundings. And so people find you kind of interesting, especially if you're a Kiwi. Like I was Canadian, which isn't quite as far away, but. Did you claim the Kiwi card? I didn't pull it too frequently. <laughs> Every now and then I might've, but uh, no, it was just, the, I was known as like the Canadian kid yeah, with the yeah. red hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it works. You're kind of unique and people find you fascinating and you can kind of share that, uh, like your experiences with people. And sometimes they joke with you about it. Like for me, they're like, oh yeah, you guys ride polar bears and stuff up there, of course. <laughs> like, oh, definitely, absolutely, yeah. man. Well, it's yeah. I mean, with, well, from my experience, man, it was like New Zealand. Like, where is that? You know, yeah, you know, the top of the morning, governor. You know, like I think we're from <laughs> yeah. England and stuff. So I guess I guess you kind of it, it's like a it is like an icebreaker. It does uh-huh. it does make it easy to make friends. Oh, absolutely. And People then, are, are real cool to you for the most part. Yeah, <laughs> I never and, had any issues. So I guess when I when I was there, how I did it was like I'm just gonna be a yes man you know like if someone wants me to go and do something i'm just gonna go and do it i'm gonna i'm not gonna tuck into my little shell and and hide you know hide in my dorm room and you know when 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 things get rough you know if i'm homesick Mm -hmm. or any of that what Mm -hmm. i i chose to just be social about it and i'll go out and hang out with people and do all that is that kind of how you've found dealing with being away from home oh for sure man everything's new and and glamorous and you're like wow this is so crazy this world that i'm living in now it's so different to what i've grown up with and what you'll find as an athlete, when you go and play for a team at a university, you meet the whole team right away. So you automatically have like a family of, of friends who invite you to parties and invite you to like random whatever outings, anything, you know, and, and sports events and stuff. So you, you kind of have that core group right away. And, and that helps a ton because then yeah. you don't really get as homesick or, or you don't feel lonely or secluded because you're you automatically within a group of, of really cool people with yeah. similar interests. And that's right? why we, we always look to when we're doing our recruiting for our mm-hmm. athletes, we always look at schools that kind of have that international presence because mm-hmm. it does make it life a lot easier. I remember we sat down with one of my buddy's crews. He's a mm-hmm. New Zealander as well. He's at yeah. um, University of South Dakota playing basketball. Nice. And he said the same thing. He's like, you know, over those you know those breaks the thanksgiving breaks and mm-hmm. and you know fourth of july and all that when when kids go home to their families you know you kind of knit up with the with the rest mm. of the i assume you did it with the canadians oh, absolutely. you know you go you go do 
traveling or you go mm. you know spend time with them yeah. so it is like building another little family oh you for could say. sure dude we, we so everyone would go home for thanksgiving break and then us canadian boys we'd all get together and go to kfc and get yeah. like a big old chicken and stuff <laughs> yeah. and we'd have our own little thanksgiving dinner yeah. with just the the group of us and and we had a good handful of fellows and everyone was all canadian so we kind of had that in common and it was a bit of fun and then you meet people with like they're, they don't live too far away from school so you just go with them for a long weekend or something like that and 100%. spend the weekend with their family like it's it's not hard to to make a bunch of new friends who are willing to invite you to spend time with them and yeah it's it's easy to to fit, find your way and fit into that that new environment in that sense did you did you play any other sports growing up or were you just sit on lacrosse so i played when i was in new zealand i played rugby and then i got to canada and it wasn't really Rugby what I was really used to thing, yeah, yeah it wasn't quite as competitive and so I decided to look at doing something else and I had family friends in Canada who played lacrosse and I was like oh, I'll give that a shot and then I just got into box lacrosse and then started playing field lacrosse and played a little bit of like volleyball or basketball like high school stuff but just kind of for fun with my friends but lacrosse was definitely the main focus uh, it was always kind of like okay if this is what I want to pursue I'm playing lacrosse year-round we got box lacrosse in the spring and summer and then field lacrosse in the fall and the winter and so it was a year-round thing for the past 18 years <laughs> for sure nah, yeah. for sure. Um, well another question I have because I actually don't know the answer to this mm -hmm. and we obviously we had our trials um, in this at the start of January and the start of the new year mm -hmm. how did you find out about our trials because we didn't really express a lot of it to uh -huh. inter internationally right yeah we, we're trying to really keep our um, New Zealand lacrosse homegrown yeah and obviously you know we're not saying you're not homegrown you're yeah, born here and, and raised here but you know how did you figure out about that it's actually a pretty crazy story so I was gonna try I, I found out about New Zealand lacrosse somehow back in like 2013 or 14 and I was like oh yeah this could be pretty sweet and then I was getting interested and I reached out and I just wasn't gonna be able to make it for trials and and uh, so I was like all right maybe next time and then I kind of had forgotten about it a bit and then one of my friends from university uh, he plays for Chinese Taipei right and I yes. saw during the qualifiers when we were in Korea exactly yes, yes, Korea yes, yes. Yeah. he had posted that he was playing against New Zealand and I was like as a joke I messaged him on Instagram and I was like hey dude if you see the coach tell him that I want to play for New Zealand and, and he was like oh yeah actually we're staying in the same hotel as him I was like get out for real and then the next thing you know he sends me Ash's email address and he's like yeah I ran into him he said uh, send him an email and you can maybe go to trial it's crazy it's yeah, crazy and, and, so then, and then here you are and you've decided to make a little bit of a holiday out of it yeah, I guess you've well, been this here is for the a crazy while. thing dude before that even happened I'd booked a flight to New Zealand back in like February for December 1st yeah. of 22. And I was like, already coming here. And then I talked to Ash and he was like, yeah, tryouts are uh, in January. I was like, I'm gonna be there anyways. Let's do it. How good. Let's go. So I had to change my travel plans a little bit, but I was gonna be here regardless. So it was just kind of one of those things that was like meant to be. Meant you know? to be, meant to be. Now, now, we get, now we get to go to San Diego. Exactly, and we get to dude. Take it to the world stage. No, yeah. we, honestly, super excited. I mean, it's my first World Cup and too, your first bro. World Cup too. So, you know, uh -huh. us rookies get to go and take, take it to take it to internationals. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be such a wicked experience. And, and the more people that can watch it on YouTube, the better, especially the Kiwi boys looking for some inspiration. And we got the U18s, which is pretty sweet. They kind of look up to us and try to make yeah. it into this level. Well, and I'm actually the head coach of, of the U18. There so, you go. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, the boys are all racked up about it. And that's uh -huh. that's like what I guess is kind of the, the best way that we've found uh, 
in regards to New Zealand lacrosse is the best way to get exposure is mm-hmm. by going to these overseas trips like with under yeah. eight, I'm taking the under 18s to Perth yeah. in, uh, in, in April mm-hmm. and you know all the games will be filmed chucked up on YouTube you know that's been always been the hardest part is is because film right film mm-hmm. is the mo- one of the most important things yeah. when it comes to recruiting huge yeah. you know coaches coaches aren't going to fly to New Zealand to come watch us play lacrosse you know mm-hmm. like that's just not in their recruiting budget no <laughs> so you know the only way that you know we can actually get film to them and, and kind of ex- showcase you know our talent and our mm-hmm. ability is through film yeah and you know so I guess having these these international trips where we get to go mm-hmm. and, and compete against actual good competition yeah. as well that's another thing so you kind of how did you go through you know the film process did you yeah. did you have a sick highlight tape with dude not even like <laughs> i tried to put one together but i had my dad filming me you yeah, know and yeah. he's he's watching the game as well as filming and so like how have you, he's not going to get good footage you know yeah. and it was a really like cheap like not a very good camera and so i had like a really really with other, with other parents tape. in the background yeah, yelling, yelling yeah, and stuff yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. so I, I put something together but it wasn't that great and so what it ended up being was getting that live exposure to coaches and putting myself out there in those situations i don't think the tape did me any good yeah <laughs> but yeah. it is important to get if you can and especially if it's on the world stage against other like other people from various places at a really high competitive level then coaches are going to see that you're playing as well as you may might be against another guy who's playing really well it's gonna make you look better in the in the long run, for sure. Uh, for sure. And those yeah, those coaches are gonna be there. They're gonna be the ones watching that sort of stuff because so they know that's the top so level. I'm taking from this. You would highly recommend doing the travel teams and doing Absolutely. the importance of traveling. Yeah, we want to make sure that the kids are getting overseas to where the the main coaches are gonna be, and they're gonna be mm-hmm. looking for them. And if you stand out over there, you're gonna be looking all right. Uh, and those, especially those events, when you go to them, you want to get footage as much as you can mm-hmm. so that you got something to work with. If someone, some coach you might be interested in uh, attending school, you can put that clip together, send it over to them and say, hey, this is how I was doing last weekend. Uh, what do you think? Um, sorry, you missed it, whatever, and so forth, so forth, and whatever. Yeah. So you kind of just, you got to make sure you're staying in touch, reaching out, being proactive, and getting as much footage as you possibly can. Uh, and sending that away because that's going to get you the best looks for sure no definitely um yeah i guess you know another kind of key point when it comes to colleges and it's one of the more i guess kind of discreet things that people talk about is Mm -hmm. the social life of college you know Mm -hmm. you know we touched on it before but like you're going to be there for four years right yeah you you don't want to be somewhere where you're not happy where you're not getting along with people or Mm -hmm. you know you're at a school you know and you just don't feel like you're fitting in you know how yeah. how important was the social yeah. aspect of going to gcu for you and how did you find the social aspect of gcu yeah. oh dude it's it's really important that you're gonna fit into a certain social environment like i i met i was lucky enough to meet a canadian fella actually who was from really close to where i'm from but we weren't really friends beforehand that we were both freshmen coming in at the same time lived in the same dorm and we became real close uh, and so you got to make those those core friends and you just got to be open to it, you know, like meeting new people. And, and if you're open to that, then you'll meet lots and lots of cool folks from all over the place that share similar interests. And then you just stick around with them and, and, and those friendships last a lifetime. And yeah. more more, most importantly, the four years you're going to be there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I don't even do four years and uh-huh. I still talk to all my mates at Chestnut Hill like daily, yeah. like shout out Brandon and Grub, you know, uh-huh. you know, like those, you know, I, I, I talk to them all the time. So I guess, you know, 
the other thing that plays into that is we like to talk about it as well with a lot of athletes is you know that that first year that freshman dorm year mm-hmm. you know freshman dorms can sometimes you know get a bit of flack for being a bit gross or oh yeah all of that kind of jazz you just got to embrace it you, like, yeah that's and that's what i did as well when yeah. i was over there like a lot of a lot of kids will get there and kind of just be like this isn't what i want you know it's gross you know the showers why do i have to wear shoes in the shower and yeah and it's just kind of it's a part of a part of the process right oh for sure and then and then yeah. did you so did you stay in the dorms obviously freshman year you have to it's yeah. a compulsory for most schools yeah did you get out straight away or did you stay so, on campus so i was in the dorms my freshman year and then i took a gap year between 15 and 16 uh, or for the year of 16 for the most part and uh, i took a year off just because i kind of figuring out what i was gonna do i wasn't i loved it i, I enjoyed my freshman year but then um you know, finances gonna come into play, and you're like, yeah. oh, like, can I justify it? Uh, and then eventually, I had some time to kind of relax and chill, and and not be on like full on. And I was like, yeah, okay, no, I need to go back to school. I'm gonna make it happen, and saved up some money, and and went back for the 17, 18, 19 years. And uh, when I got back, I was in the dorms for 2017, and then after that, I was like, okay, I'm ready to move off campus. And then so I got an apartment with another Canadian boy. And then uh, senior year, we had a house, five of us, four Canadians, one fella, Kean from Washington, uh, and we, we just, we were all good. So the off-campus lifestyle was for sure a lot more freedom. You know, you, you can kind of do what you will. Also um, a lot less more strict. responsibility though, and you, a lot you, more responsibility. You do have more responsibility. You got to feed yourself. You got to clean up after yourself and you got to you just, just maintain a household and a healthy lifestyle yeah. and figure out transportation and all that. So there's some more factors that come into play when you do move off campus, but I highly recommend for the first year or two that everyone who's going lives on campus and well, until you get a feel for it. Especially, you know, you know kind of being international. I mean, being yeah. international, it, it does save you a bit of money moving mm. off campus. Obviously, yeah. you can save up to like three or four grand just by not living in the dorms. But, yeah. you know, kind of this the security that you guess I guess you get when you're staying in the dorms, you know, yeah. being on campus, you know, you know, this campus police, you know, all yeah. of that. Because safety also is a big thing. Oh, right? for sure. You want to you want to you want to be somewhere where you feel safe because, yeah. you know, America, you know, it's a big place. There's a lot of people and, you know, mm-hmm. coming from a place like New Zealand or Canada, which are, yeah. you know, world renowned for being some of the safest places yeah. in the world with the nicest people. Yep. And that's something that, you know, is it's hard to come by in some places in America. Like, oh, very much so, dude. If West Phoenix, where yeah. GCU is, is real sketchy. Yeah. And so the campus is really safe. It's it's completely fenced off, and they have twenty four hour security. So it's it's a really safe place to be. And I was thinking this as you were saying, like the social life aspect of things. When you're first getting there, you want that safety, security, and social life. Uh, you're gonna meet a lot more people if you're on campus twenty four seven than if you're off campus. And so that's why those first two years are so important that you're socializing, meeting a bunch of new people every day. Uh, and then later on, it's like, okay, I'm feeling more secure in my surroundings. I have a good group of friends. Now I can move off campus, save some money, have a little more freedom. Um, and that's, it's great, but you just got to be ready for that. And it's important not to rush into it. I find there's a really good chance, like after your first year, you're like, ah, I'm good. I'm going to move off campus. And then it's like, oh my goodness, this is terrifying. Like we had a couple of run-ins with some sketchy folks over the years. And you just got to go in expecting that because it is, like you say, a big country, lots of people. Not everyone's going to be great and friendly. And so you just got to be careful and make sure you're not stepping on anyone's toes or rubbing people the wrong way by accident because we're kind of naive to like, 
yeah, the actual we are. dangers of the real and world. <laughs> yeah, and that's and that's a that's a lot of concern that we kind of have with parents that are mm-hmm. you know sending their kids overseas. I know my parents when I left, they were super worried about yeah. it, you know, because I'm I'm very yeah I'm a social guy. I'll go up and talk to anyone, but you know mm-hmm. some people might not want me to come up to them and talk to them. Yeah, definitely. so you know that's. I guess that's the beauty of being in that university environment mm-hmm. is, you know, you are secure, you are, you know, surrounded by your peers and yeah. all of that. But I mean, you know, I guess, you know, to kind of, you know, wrap this up, like what, how, what would, what advice would you give to, you know, young lacrosse players or I guess young, any athletes that are looking to kind of take this next step into, mm-hmm. into collegiate sport? Well, I would say if it's something you truly want to do, work tirelessly to make sure it happens. And then when you get that opportunity to take advantage of it and and like go, don't get cold feet and bail. Like you could always come back after a year if it's not for you. Yeah. You're never gonna get the chance again. And so you wanna go and embrace that and get outside of your comfort zone, like get comfortable being uncomfortable and, and you'll the, the world will open up for you, right? And so if you just go and experience that, you might love it and you have four amazing years of college, uh, athletics and great friendships in a different part of the world. Like what better way to travel to, yeah, right? hundred percent. Like the amount of places I got to see is just incredible, uh, just by going. And so regardless of how you, you might get like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Oh goodness. I feel a little bit young, whatever it is, just go for it. And, and you'll never regret it. I've, I can't say I know anyone and, that's like, Oh, I wish I didn't do that. And, ad- and advice for, you know, uh, athletes selecting their school, selecting where they want to mm-hmm. go to. I remember, I remember we were talking in the car when I picked you up from the airport, yeah. we were talking about, and you, you mentioned, you know, being somewhere where you, you feel, you know, this is for you, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely dude. So you got to consider the variables, right? Like you could go to, uh, a, you get an offer to a, a sick division one school and it's like where well, everyone wants to go but then you realize it's not in a very nice climate and you're going to be freezing cold a lot of the time and and it might not be a very big campus and there's not a lot of social life but you're not going to be happy there it's gonna it's gonna be kind of miserable a lot of the time then if you have an alternative like gcu where it's in it's in like a it's like you're at vacation like at a summer camp all the time you know it's hot jandals and singlets every day exactly pools everywhere on campus like it's just a it's somewhere that you can thrive and enjoy your life and and it's it feels like a bit of a holiday but you just it's a working holiday yeah that's like for me that was what i wanted that was exactly what i was looking for and it appealed to me and so i went and i loved it and i wouldn't change it for the world so just deciding what climate you want to live in is really important and and what like how big of a school you want to go to is really important. Are you super social? Are you a bit of an introvert? What's it going to be? You got to decide and factor that in. And also real importantly, um, how do you study? How do you study well? You get distracted easily uh, or are you good in like a, a busy place to be able to still get your studies yeah, done? Yeah, I guess do you want to have a well? small classroom where you're getting one-on-one with the, with the lecturer yeah. or the tutor exactly. or are you happy in that, you know, 200 lecture hall of environment yeah hundred percent yeah so you want to really consider that because that's a huge part of it if you're not connecting with the people around you and especially your teachers then you're not going to succeed really or you're going to have a hard time succeeding and so you got to find what's what's going to work and then if it doesn't work you can always transfer like if you go somewhere for a year and you're like i don't know how i feel about this but you still want to follow that dream and pursue that goal of getting your degree and playing for sports i guess i guess yeah i guess transferring is something that we haven't really touched on but it's it's actually you know that kiwi mentality is you know you kind of just you get to something you stick to something you know yeah and I've, I've talked to parents that have said that same thing when i when i mention 
the option of transferring mm -hmm. but it is it is a you know a great tool that they've implemented mm -hmm. into this kind of college structure yeah. where you can you know you can decide you know i'm not happy here mm -hmm. i'm gonna go somewhere else so yeah. you know yeah that, it's yeah. really important to consider that option like if you aren't committed to a school that you think is best for you or you really really want to go to but you're going to go there because it's a a, a, a door good offer. and a, a yeah. good offer and it's just a, a gateway to get in and start your studies then you can if, if you want to move later on you can always transfer it might be a bit challenging at times because you're transferring credits can be a bit of a challenge but it's possible I, I know guys that have done it and they're so happy that they did they found they were in a better environment for them that suited their needs and they were much more successful in that in that place and so to maintain your, an open mind and and like, okay, I might not see myself there for four years, but I'm still going and I'm gonna get lots of reps, lots of exposure, become a better athlete and a better student, and then maybe transfer. Then that's that's totally okay as well. And 100%. people should understand that, that that's that's fine. You know? 100%. That's, that's cool. All right, well, we can we could sit here and chin wag all day, but <laughs> we better get wrapped up. I've got work to do, so. Yep. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on yeah. and, and I'm sure that people are going to take a, a bunch of insight away from this. Oh, I hope so. You know, just a different perspective, you know, it's yeah. all fine and well, New Zealand athletes talking, yeah. talking about stuff, but a New Zealand athlete who lives in Canada, yeah, you know, man. it's a different perspective. So, I mean, you know, if there is anyone out there looking to kind of take this college route, feel free to hit us up on Instagram mm -hmm. or, you know, our director, Amrit, he's always there. He's always going to do consultations or you know even cody you know i'm happy to help <laughs> happy to help any, anytime yeah any any lacrosse players out there that want to just touch base with cody he's mm -hmm. he's a nice bloke he's not gonna he's not gonna you know poke <laughs> you or anything so um yeah it's been an absolute pleasure having you on yeah and thank um you, yeah i will see you we'll see you next week catch us in san diego catch us in san diego <laughs>